Welcome to the Small School Big Time Hoops Podcast with your host, Javon Masters. Finally, college basketball season is drawing closer. This year has been filled with unprecedented moments, doubt, and uncertainty. But through all of that, coaches all over the country have been quietly putting in work. Hours of virtual clinics, phone calls to their peers, Zoom calls with their teams, and film was watched, all in preparation for the day where we could all be back where we love, in the gym. With the season drawing near, I am thrilled to be entering a new era of the small school Big Time Hoops podcast. The preseason preview era is here. Don't worry, we will still talk journeys, triumphs, and adversities, just with some new flavor. These episodes are going to be short and compact, but filled with a lot of great knowledge and, of course, fantastic small school basketball coaches. Enough is enough. I know you're ready, so let's jump in. Join me in welcoming the brand new head coach at Davis and Elkins, Rachel Swartz. Thanks for joining the pod, coach. No, of course. Thanks so much for having me. Well, before we talk about kind of the outlook for year one and why you're excited for this upcoming season, I want to go back. Um, you played Division One basketball. You coached at a wide variety of places. Can you take us through kind of your coaching journey and then how you ended up at Davis and Elkins? Yes, uh, of course. So kind of like you touched on, um, started my athletic career, Division One athlete at Missouri State University. So made that transition from the West Coast, uh, West Coast ball from uh, state of Washington to the Midwest. So moved to Missouri and uh, head coach was Kelly Harper um, and just had a phenomenal four years. You know, I think um, as every, you know, top recruit, feels coming out of a state and making that transition from AAU ball to, to college. Um, thought I was going to be, you know, the MVP. I think um, a lot of people feel that way. And honestly, to be, to be very frank, it didn't turn out that way. I was very much a role player um, and it took me a while to embody that um, because that just wasn't what I was used to. And um, it truly turned out to be such a blessing and really embodied just the team culture and the mentality that Coach Harper um, and her staff were trying to um, implement and just had a really successful team four years there. Um, won the Missouri Valley Conference tournament. We went to the national tournament and uh, I believe that was my junior year, uh, made it to, through the first round. Um, and then the other three years, we went to the WNIT and, and did pretty well there. So um, nothing but positive things about my, my collegiate um playing experience. And, uh, I really just, I think because I was more of that, that role player, I was able to see, um, you know, the dynamic of the staff coach Harper and her staff, um, during games, during practices, um, as well as kind of behind the scenes too. That was something that really just started to spark interest in me. Um, you know, my, my, probably my junior and leading into my senior year of college. And so that's kind of when, um, this idea of, you know, being a coach and kind of figuring out the steps that it took to to get into coaching really started to spark in me. Um, I, I love the sport of basketball. Um, I wish I could still play, but um, coaching's just as good. After your time at Missouri State, you go on to coach at the community college level. You were a GA at the D1 level, at the D2 mm -hmm. level. Take us through yes. kind of those experiences and what you learned. Yes, you know, um, it's it's been funny uh, talking to um, other coaches and recruits. Um, you know, I think 
the the misconception that I had about um, getting into this field was that there was one route to get to be a, a head coach or even an assistant or a GA or, um, you know, anyone on a collegiate basketball staff. And um, that's just not the way it was for me. I was so fortunate to be able to start my coaching career as a graduate assistant at the division one level at East Tennessee State University. So um, moved farther east. And um, absolutely loved it. And, um, you know, with that experience, I was able to be at that division one level. And um, I felt like I needed to go to a smaller institution, um, to be quite frank with you. I really felt like um, to get the hands on experience that I needed to be a great coach, um, needed to go to a smaller school. So I ended up going to Drury University back in my alma mater's hometown of Springfield, Missouri. And um, I coached under Molly Miller. Um, as her graduate assistant coach and just absolutely loved it. She's now the head coach at Grand Canyon and um, rightfully so. She's a phenomenal head coach and just really knew how to pull, um, you know, the best out of her student athletes, either whether it was on the floor or in the classroom. And so um, a lot of what I implement in my coaching comes from both her teaching philosophies and then um, my first job as a, I believe it was a third assistant, um, at Whitman University in Washington. So um, following my, my GA assistantship, I actually went back to the West Coast, felt like I wanted to be near family and um, started coaching at D3 Whitman. And then from there went to a junior college um, on the far West side of the state. So um, that's kind of my journey leading up to this point. And it's been, it's been wonderful um, to say the least. You know, I, I feel like I'm um, a well-versed coach. I've, I've coached at every level, um, pretty much in every position besides a, a labeled director of operations. And so um, I've, I've worn all the hats. And to be honest, coaching at a, a smaller division two school, I still wear all the hats and I feel well-versed um, and experienced to be able to do that. So it's been great. That's awesome, coach. Um, one thing that I know just from listening to your journey a little bit is that you've been at some phenomenal basketball schools. Um, yes. Missouri State is a mid-major power. Drury is one of the best in D2. Mm-hmm. Um, for you, you've obviously been around great coaching staffs, great institutions. And for you to take a head coaching job, I have to assume that you wouldn't go just anywhere. You'd pick a place that you felt was just as special as those other places. Can you yes. tell us why Davis and Elkins is that place for you? Yes. Well, to touch on your first point, um, you know, playing under Kelly Harper, coaching under both Molly Miller and Michelle Ferenz at Whitman, um, those three female coaches just really emulated what it meant to be a strong, um, confident, well-educated, um, you know, head coach. And so being able to emulate that here um, has has been nothing short of difficult, <laughs> but um, I've, I've had some great mentors um, and I still talk to them, you know, to this day, um, asking them questions and um, bouncing, bouncing ideas that I have off of them. But you're right. Um, this, this head coaching job at Elkins, obviously it is my first year as a head coach. And so making sure that, um, you know, Davis and Elkins was the right fit for me was, was a big factor in my decision. You know, I, I had moved um, from the state of West Virginia back to Washington very purposefully and my, my next two jobs following that move were in the state of Washington. Um, the majority of my family's on the West Coast. And so deciding to make that jump back over um, closer to the East Coast was definitely something that I had to consider. But 
Um, Elkins as a community is, is wonderful. It's a very um, small, close-knit community in the Appalachian Mountains. And um, the, the, the College of, of Davis and Elkins is just um, so culturally diverse. And um, it's, it's wonderful. I think it, we, we represent 15 to 16 different countries. I think 23% of our student population here is international. So, um, and keep in mind, we only have a student body of, I want to say seven or 800 students. So very intimate, um, private liberal arts college and, um, truly just, it's, it's very niche. Um, and I, I love that DNE not only focuses so much on student athlete success, but success in the classroom as well. That was huge for me. Um, and that's, it was kind of similar to me wanting to go to a, a smaller school to finish my graduate assistantship. Um, I just wanted that intimate setting where I would be able to really expand and grow my knowledge and experience as a coach. Um, and so it's, it's been, it's been great. I've really enjoyed it. Um, all the head coaches here are, I believe, I want to say under 40, 45. So the culture here is very fast paced um, and everybody's looking to improve and get better in their sport. And so it's, it's been awesome. For you, it's been a crazy time. You moved, you got the head coaching job during a pandemic. And so mm -hmm. this year has one that I'm sure you're very excited about. You have a lot of optimism. Um, it's going to be your first time as a head coach. Take us yes. through kind of what um, a Rachel Swartz-led program is going to look like. <laughs> Well, I want to first say that um, you better believe on my resume, I'm putting first year head coach <laughs> in a pandemic. I think that that's something that's special to put in bold, but um, it's been full of learning curves, but learning opportunities, I think, to say the least. Um, you know, I, I was given this opportunity in May and um, packed up my things in about a week and drove across the country. And um, I've been on the go ever since. I think, you know, once I turned that engine on um, and reversed my car out of my driveway back in Washington, I just have been go, go, go um, for, any, for a variety of reasons. And um, it's been, you know, twists and turns at every corner. I think one with COVID and, and this, you know, global pandemic going on, um, there's just been a lot of unknowns, both for my student athletes and for myself as a coach and for us as a, a whole community and institution, um, just trying to navigate this in a way that's both safe and fair for everyone um, in the community and then fair for our student athletes as well. So right now, what, it, what kind of a, a typical week um, under my program looks like is we're given about three hours right now on the court, um, which is more than we have had um, the last couple of weeks. This is actually um, a new opportunity for us as of about a week ago. So um, we've been utilizing, like I kind of told you before we started this, this podcast, the full three hours, um, just working on the basics, working on our fundamentals. You know, um, I think it's, it's valuable to, to acknowledge that with this pandemic going on, there's a probably about an 80% chance that most of our student athletes haven't been practicing at game speed, right? They've been um, just kind of sitting, twiddling their thumbs, waiting to maybe figure out what was going to happen, what the next school year and athletic season was going to look like. So I think just really making sure that we're transitioning in a way that's very intentional to continue to build on their skill sets. Um, I think something I say a lot in practice has been we're going to get 1% better every day. And we're starting with the first brick um, laying a solid foundation. So I say that to say that, um, you know, eventually we want to build a house. 
Um, but to do that, you, you got to get a little bit better every day and make sure that you have the core um, of your abilities kind of in place. So those three hours have been very um, intense and detail oriented, a lot of ball handling, a lot of um, getting shots up and working a little bit on our offense. And then we have five hours off the court for anything else basketball related. So we're getting up and down on the fields, um, on our track that we have here in town. Um, just getting the girls conditioned and getting acclimated back to, you know, college pace um, lifestyle. And then we'll, we'll hit the weight room a couple hours a week there as well. So I think, um, you know, I, I don't want to say that the, the last couple of weeks have been boring, but they've more been so very um, fundamentally um, based and really challenging my student athletes to, to get going again and, and turn up the gas um, and get focused for when we're given the green light to play. Um, we want to be ready and have, you know, full-fledged two, two-and-a-half-hour practices when we're given that go-ahead. No, Coach, you're exactly right. Um, the, what we talked about a little bit offline just to share is that you mentioned to me that this whole pandemic has given people perspective and made you really mm -hmm. appreciative of even the little things of whether that may be a couple hours a week on the practice floor, just being around your student athletes. And I know it's something that you are very excited for. I know I personally am excited to see what you do in year one. You have some pretty big uh, coaching shoes to fill, but I'm pretty optimistic <laughs> that you're going to be able to fill them. So I wish you luck and I hope that you're programming yourself um, a lot of success. Yes. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for uh, reaching out. I hope you enjoyed another great hoops conversation. I'm blessed to get to share some incredible stories. The coaching community is truly a family. If you made it all the way to the end of the pod, I want to say thank you. If you enjoyed the small school big time hoops podcast, please subscribe, leave a five-star review and keep tuning in. If you know someone who loves the game of basketball like you do, help them out and share the pod with them. We have a lot more great guests joining the podcast soon. This is Javon Masters with the small school Big Time Hoops podcast, and until next time, stay safe, stay positive, and keep growing the game.